Now, for those of you who are not watching this radio program on YouTube, I have to tell you that both Stuart and Mark, who are very used to that piece of music, are miming to it um, with tremendous gusto. Um, no, it's good to see. Good to see. Um, of course, that music um, heralds the arrival every week here on Overnight of a great friend of the show um, and reporting from Mexico on all things South American, some sports, some other. Um, by, by, of John Bonfilio, um, who I know is a great favourite of you all listening to us. Good evening, John. Good evening, Danny. I, I thought it was compulsory for everybody to mime along. It's in the uh, it's in the terms and conditions, as far as I understand. Yeah, but tra- tragically, it, I, I don't know the song, and, I'm, and I say that as someone I, I, I fancy myself as knowing virtually every song ever written in the English language, but I don't know that one. But that but they made up for it because there was gusto and there was a great deal of chair dancing as well. So, uh, you know, that men do, particularly when they've had a few at weddings. They can't be bothered to get on the dance floor, so you just swivel about in the chair. I think we all know what I'm talking about. Uh, John, your first story um, could be regarded as a bit macabre, but uh, tell us about uh, the, the lady from Ecuador. Well, the lady from Ecuador. This is, yeah, look, it's. A, I think we have, as humans, some primal fears, right? Um, and up, right up there, I think, is this... Uh, repeated notion that maybe some of us, uh, maybe some more than others, wake up sweating in the middle of the night, uh, dreaming that we've been buried alive or, 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 or declared dead while still alive. And this sure? actually took place this this uh, this week with an Ecuadorian woman who was declared dead and then, at her own wake, started banging on the coffin. This is 76-year-old Belle Montoya, uh, who had a stroke. And then, uh, yeah, a few hours into the wake, her son said, uh, after a few hours, the coffin began to rattle. Uh, and one of the most remarkable things about this actually isn't just the fact that she was declared dead and then came back to life uh, during her own wake, but it's also the fact that some uh, some smart Alec decided that instead of helping open the coffin uh, and let her out, they're going to video the whole thing. So there is rem- remarkable online footage of the coffin actually being opened and this poor woman 76-year-old woman, drawing, unsurprisingly, massively deep breaths, trying to get some air into her lungs. And then the second, the subsequent strange thing in the video is when the paramedics arrive. So you've got video footage of the paramedics actually also trying to uh, help this lady out of the coffin into uh, then the, uh, uh, the, I guess, the sort of bed that they're going to carry her out on. And poor lady then gets taken straight back to the hospital where she was declared dead in the first place. Okay, but she, uh, j- just for those of you who, uh, who are already wincing, she is still alive, is she? Well, do you know what? If you look up her name, the top search at the moment is, is Bella Montoya still alive? Because this happened a few days ago. Right. Uh, and the prognosis is you know, emphatically not good. So it's, it's unclear whether she's actually managed to make it through the next few days. She's definitely, uh, uh, I mean, unless well. you make some sort of Lazarian recovery then, you know, she is not long of this earth. But, well, uh, uh, I, just don't, I just don't want to make an, an off-colour joke if the poor woman has actually died. But it's an amazing story. And now Stuart, who's a right ghoul, is immediately looking. He's, got, he's already looking at the piece of film on his phone. 
Um, I was really interested in your next story, um, John, because um, there was a piece in the ever more deranged Daily Mail today saying that um, if we don't if we don't go back to working in offices now, of course, some of, some people have to work in offices. And then there's people like me who, because of the pandemic, have learned to work remotely thanks to technology and slightly changing my techniques of broadcasting. Um, they're saying in 20 years, they said, this is what you'll look like if you work from home. Because, of course, they're all part of this hideous thing of trying to get people to work in offices because they don't want the value of London office space to be reduced. And they had this hunched woman with claws for hands looking about a thousand years of age and, uh, and with a hunch, a hump back. They said, this is what will happen to you. In Mexico, they're taking, a, it seems to me, a rather more rational view uh, from a government level about working from home. This is a great story, John. It is. Look, and, and labor laws is perhaps not something, or progressive labor laws is not something you would normally associate maybe with the Mexican government. But this is the new work from home regulations that Mexico, Mexico's labor ministry has just brought in and will come into effect in six months uh, time. It's gone into the books, the official Mexican standards on safety and health at work. Basically, anybody who works from home for more than 40 percent of the time and requires information technology to do their work uh, has a number of safeguards. Employers, for example, now have to pay their Internet. They have to pay a proportion of the electricity. They have wow. to provide certain things like ergonomic chairs. Um, and also, quite interestingly, uh, one of the things that, that remote workers uh, have been complaining about is that they don't have uh, an opportunity to disconnect because normally when you're in an office, you know, you go in at nine, you remove yourself at five or whatever, and implicit your physicality, your physical presence is your presence at work. But when you are working remotely, the general complaint is that employers feel that they can access you, uh, access you and your time whenever they want. So uh, there is also inbuilt this this right to disconnect and it's um yes yeah, for sure it's generated a lot of column inches look as as you, you say danny much in the same way the pandemic here definitely drove a lot of people understandably you know to, to working from home but the statistic from last year that the bank of mexico undertook a, a study a survey on suggests that um one in four jobs in mexico can be undertaken from home but only 10 percent uh, so one in 10 people. It's not that they, they do it. It's that actually have the capacity to do it, uh, which basically uh -huh. refers to maybe that they live in a family home. They don't have private space. Maybe they don't have uh, the right Internet connection, lighting, so on. So it's more to do with that than uh, than anything else. And so, yeah, the Mexican Labour Ministry is trying to get all of this uh, up to standards and, and trying Amazing. to uh, really move this forward. Very, very pro uh, work from home here uh, and, and look I I, I, I I do understand the benefits of office life you know sometimes there is nothing better than meeting face to face with your colleagues to hash things out creativity but so much of this is now being done on whatsapp and more importantly on things like zoom other um, meeting software is available um, and I really can't except for playing loud rap music in the office, which I used to do, I can't really see what people are missing uh, not having me there and me demanding cups of tea and all the rest of it. That was an amazing story. Um, from sport, um, semi-finals, we, we, we've had some European qualifiers today, but you're into the semi-finals of the CONCACAF Nations Cup. Particularly interesting just now for me how these nations are doing, uh, John, because, of course, we're just a couple of years, well, we're three years away from the World Cup in Mexico, the United States and Canada. How's the CONCACAF going? 
I got interesting as always, primarily because, which we'll come to in a minute, we've just had the semi-finals between the US and USA and Mexico, uh, generating much less in the way of column inches. Panama lost to Canada, uh, two nil, mm-hmm. so Canada are going through to the final. But yeah, we had this unsurprisingly as ever highly charged when isn't it uh, USA Mexico encounter yesterday uh, last night in which we had four players sent off the match was paused near the end and actually finished early because of homophobic chanting and the USA uh, beat Mexico 3-0 a really interesting stat that since 2020 because Mexico always had the USA's number in football soccer at this end of things but since 2020 there's been six uh, official matches uh, so tournament matches between Mexico and the USA in which Mexico have won not a single one been two draws and the usa have won four yeah absolutely so it's a complete uh, change of fortunes here but uh, mexico i mean two things one of course you know this is really significant for for mexico and mexico's sense of itself but also the new coach the new argentine coach who's been in uh, in position for only a few months diego coca is very much under the cosh i mean a heavy defeat to the usa generally signals the end of anybody's uh, tenure there's been rumors from players for a while now that they don't want to play for him, and the fans are completely unanimous, unanimously uh, against his tenure. So it very much seems as though uh, this guy, Diego Coca, is a dead man walking. Yeah, and of course the homophobic chanting has led to um, plenty of opinion that uh, Mexico want to, need to watch themselves, because it's not the first time, is it? Um, and that FIFA... Um, who seemed very unlikely to do anything about what was going on, what goes on in Qatar or Russia, um, may start to look at taking the World Cup away from Mexico in extremis. But fantastic to hear about that stories. Thank you very, very much indeed, John. And I know you'll be back um, next weekend as well here on Overnights on TalkSport. No problem, take care.